What's up, everybody? Welcome to a new episode of Soccer's Garden. So today, I wanted to talk about something, you know, something everyone uses, but not a lot of people know everything about. And I wanted to touch base on the U.S. money system, the history of the money system. How did it start? Why is it evil? Why? What else is there to money? And this specifically, I feel like this is the foundation to knowing about the corruption in the government and people. Like, this is the root of the beginning. This is the root of all the evil in the world. And understanding the money system, after you understand it, you're able to connect it to a lot that happens and a lot of decisions that politicians make, celebrities and wealthy figures, etc., etc. Okay, I don't want to ramble. I just want to get straight into it. It's been a little while. I need to get back into the spur of things. So, let's begin. Now, first, let's talk about history. Let's bring history back. So, you probably remember back in high school, middle school, depending how old you are, you probably remember learning about the money system, the president, you know, regular history stuff. But as you most likely already know, a lot of what we learn in history is either wrong or not fully accurate. Now, let's start as to what happened and how this began. So, flashback to pre- even government system pre before America was even America. This is when Americans were still controlled by England. And King George III of England actually outlawed independent debt-free money. So this forced people to borrow from the banks. And Ben Franklin himself actually said that he believed that this was the cause of the revolution. This is like the last straw, I guess, for Americans. And this is what caused the American Revolution. Now, apparently the founding fathers knew this, and Thomas Jefferson himself said, and I quote, I believe that banking institutions are more dangerous than standing armies. If the American people ever allow private banks to control the issue of currency, the banks and corporations that will grow up around them will deprive the people of their property until their children wake up homeless on the continent their fathers conquered. Now, there was attempts to implement central banks, privately owned banks, but it was quite difficult at first. So fast forwarding to about the early 1900s, right? Like about 1907. Again, it was difficult to have this implemented. So this is when the dominant families of the business and banking world came about. AKA the Rockefellers, JP Morgan, Warburgs, Rothschilds. They all were ones to push legislation for another central bank. And people were very iffy about this there was like no way this was going to come through so they tried a method of propaganda aka inciting an incident to make people want something for example if you want to let's say if a system or a city wants to put more cameras outside in the city no one's going to allow it everyone's going to be like why are you putting cameras outside my house but your mind would change right if let's say you see more robberies in your area or more crimes being committed, then that's gonna kind of force people to be like, okay, this is a good idea. So therefore that passed. That is a form of popular propaganda. I believe it began during the Nazi era. So it is still being used now. So this is kind of, I wanna say like the same idea, same way of using this propaganda. So Panic of 1907. 
This panic was in history, back in history class in high school. I remember learning about this, that there was a panic. The central banks went bankrupt. Uh, it was crazy. But they didn't say the exact details. Surprise, surprise. So this is what they did, right? JP Morgan. He was highly known about. He had a lot of influence. He was very well known in the banking business world. So he exploited his own influence by saying that a popular central bank, one of the most popular banks or one of their lead competitors, I want to say, they were going bankrupt or they're about to. So everyone started mass withdrawing and selling property. And this led to the panic of 1907. This led to actual bankruptcies caused by JP Morgan. And surprise, surprise, shortly after he announced this, other people in the banking business world secretly withdrew from the banks so they won't be involved. Frederick Allen of Time Magazine actually wrote about this at the time. And a few years later, fast forward to 1910, right? There was a secret meeting held on Jekyll, Jekyll Island? Yes, Jekyll Island, off the coast of Georgia. And these influencers, what to call them? Um, these highly influential people, right? They disguised themselves in order to go to Jekyll Island. On the train ride there, they even put their first names. They didn't use their full names. It was top, top secret. Nobody knew they were going there. It was just had, it just had to be a full disguise. So what did they do in Jekyll Island? A bunch of people, let, may I remind you, they were not lawmakers. They were bankers and businessmen. They all met here, and this is where they wrote the Federal Reserve Act. So this is the act of just the laws regarding the um, Federal Reserve, right? And in order, they couldn't bring this to Congress because they wouldn't be taken seriously. They're not lawmakers. They're not a part of the government. So they asked Nelson Aldrich to pass this to Congress. Nelson Aldrich is well known in the government. But how did he get this? How did he get this inside scoop, right? So Aldrich actually married into what I believe is one of the daughters of the Rothschilds. Therefore, he is in the Rothschild family by marriage. And that's when you that's what you realize a lot about the more you read about the elites that a lot of them are somehow related to the elite families. And I'm talking not even the big elites, I'm talking about small ones now, aka Ellen, Tom Hanks, they're related to them in some way shape or form. Shortly after this decision was made and this law was passed, Woodrow Wilson actually wrote that he regretted his decision. He even said in a quote, men destroy genuine economic freedom. He knew he made a big mistake shortly after this was done. He even said, and I quote, this is the worst ruled and most controlled and dominated government in the world. No government by free opinion, end quote. So 10 years later, 1920, another panic occurred and all the central bank loans were being called in. Another quote by Charles Lindbergh. He says, and I quote, under the Federal Reserve Act, panics are scientifically created. The present panic is the first scientifically created one worked out as we figure a mathematical equation, end quote. These panics are indeed strategically caused. They're created whenever they need it to benefit them. Because at the end of the, of the day, how are panics caused? They can't just like happen. They, they make it happen, you know? As time goes on, fast forward another 10 years between 1921 and 1929, 
there was an increase in the money money supply and the debts, aka infliction rose. And if you actually look at a graph, there is a graph comparing the inflation prices of pre-federal. God, God, why is that a tongue twister? Okay, pre-federal reserve. And you see how the inflation rates went skyrocketed up up to today. But before there was private banking systems, there was little to no inflation. There was little to no debt and there was little to no issues. Now, in regards to the crash and the Great Depression, it was another panic that they also believe was scientifically created. Uh, Lewis McFadden, he even said, and I quote, it was a carefully contrived occurrence. And uh, right after he said this, he actually was poisoned at a banquet before being able to push for impeachment. He was going to talk or touch on the Federal Reserve System. And you know what the craziest part is? Would you believe me if I said the same families who created the Federal Reserve are the ones still in power of it today? They still have the same power that they held in the early 1900s. Not even just them, the Morgans, the Rothschilds, the elite families at the top. They are still in power today. So now let's go back to when Woodrow Wilson signed the Federal Reserve Act back in 1913. He signed the basically the last bit of control they had of the money supply to this powerful cartel right they had a certain percentage of power he sold the last bit so now they own 100 percent of the banking the reserve the money and they're so powerful they're still relatively unknown today most of the people who are deeply involved in this you do not hear the names the richest people out there you do not know who they are let me break down the federal reserve to you a little bit more so you could really see how this is just a never-ending cycle it's just an evil cycle so federal reserve is the banking system right what do banks do it's just a cycle of lending and borrowing money borrowing paying back interest right and they do this with people consumers they do this with the businesses they do this with the government the government does not make the money y'all the government simply borrows money from the banks and everyone who borrows money has to pay back a interest fee. The debt is higher than the actual money in circulation. For example, let's say you need $100 from the bank, right? You borrow 100. And that's all the money that's all the money in the world. Let's pretend, right? There's 100 money total. You have that in $100. You have to pay an interest of let's say $50 back. That's more money than the money circulating in the world. So you got to borrow more money to pay that money back. Then how are you going to pay that back? You got to borrow more to pay that back. And then more and then more and then more, et cetera, et cetera. The debt keeps going up. It is a never ending cycle. You always will have to owe money. There's no way there's going to be a time where you owe zero dollars. So do you see where I'm getting at now? Like, it's just all a trap. It's all a trick. So when these people met at Jekyll Island, when they were creating the law for the new U.S. banking system, they drafted a reform, quote, like, quote, unquote, reform. And I'm saying that because reform, reform is a tricky word, right? We hear reform and we automatically think, okay, reform is to improve it, like make it better. No. Um, 
that's not it at all. That's the point of the trick, right? It's a almost like a tactic. It's a word used to trick people into assuming it means improvement, therefore having to vote it in. But reform simply means changing. So they reformed the U.S. banking system, making it seem like it was a better decision. But in reality, they just made it more powerful to them, more beneficial to them. And in this act, in this reform, they gave the power or some power to the government to self-regulate, but at their own advantage. And that's when it was called the Federal Reserve Act. And they passed it in the government. Now, y'all put on your seatbelts. I feel like I always say this, like everything is just so exciting because everything is just so crazy whenever I read about it. But anyways, this is the craziest part, maybe one of the craziest parts. But... So when they brought this into the government, right, they were bringing it in to be passed. Uh, people agreed with it, all except, I believe, three people, right? One of them owned Macy's, another one owned Gas. Um, they were just very wealthy businessmen. They Their net worth was over a billion, and they were so rich that you couldn't pay them off to change their mind. You couldn't do anything. So it couldn't be passed without them giving the yes. But they all passed away at the same day. They all passed away coincidentally on the Titanic. And that's for a whole other story because I actually, looking into this, I found out that there is a theory as to the Titanic and it being set up because there was no way that it was built like that but couldn't withstand an iceberg. But that's a whole other story, you know? But they all coincidentally died on the Titanic. So after that the Federal Reserve Act was indeed illegally passed. And this template or the way they did this was actually repeated around the world. Now, the Rothschilds actually own almost every single central bank in the world. This is a repeated tactic that they have used with governments around the world. Like, just imagine that they own all the money circulating the entire world. They're set for forever. Now, after this Reserve Act was passed, even with people being against it, even the U.S. government being against it, they had no choice but to borrow money from the bankers because they needed to cover war costs, debts with other countries, and they needed it. So they were loaned $1.2 million from the U.S. or from the central bank in the U.S. And... Again, this was reformed, but it was still control for, controlled by the same people. So in the first five years, there was about more than $8 million borrowed from the U.S. central banks. And of course, they had to pay a big portion back because of interest. And around this time, prices actually rose about 72%. And with the government needing more money, they sold their share, their last bit of share. And... Like I said before, this made the Federal Reserve a fully private-owned corporation. Believe it or not, Andrew Jackson actually opposed the banks back in about around 1833. And he even said, and I quote, It is to be regretted that the rich and powerful too often bend the acts of government for their own selfish purposes. End quote. He understood the final ideas or the plan of these people using the central banks. In 1833, the government will stop using the bank and pay off debts, as stated by Jackson. 
And the bankers actually stage a financial crisis in order to pin the blame on Jackson to make him look bad and not the banks. And Jackson actually paid off the debt. And this was like the only time in history where we were debt free and we were free from the hands of the Federal Reserve. Around this time, too, this was when all the influential wealthy businessmen kind of meshed together and joined their own group following J.P. Morgan. Right. So this was this was a lot of people and they actually helped finance Vanderbilt's Transcontinental Railroad. And this is the same people who own or helped um, finance General General Electric, General Motors, AT&T, Poupon, like a lot of they own a lot of the big corporations we see today. And J.P. Morgan actually bought out Carnegie and he created the first or America's first steel operation. But it is also America's first multimillion dollar company. So these people just keep getting richer, you know. He also helped shut down all competitors. Remember I mentioned before how he caused panics or how he caused problems by talking about the other banks that they're going bankrupt when it's not at all true. This is what he kept doing with the competitors. He got rid of all competitors and he was seen as a hero for his colleagues. And while it wasn't mass media news, there were a lot of news articles and people talking about these three people or all the conspirators to J.P. Morgan and their big plan. Think about it, y'all. Three banks controlled the entire financial system. It not only created a public hatred, but they wanted full control. Why do you think it's so confusing whenever you read about the structure of the banking system? There's so much that goes into it that's covering up the actual conflicts of interest. And there's a lot of massive conflicts of interest when it comes to the structure of the banking system. And this is because they want to keep things hush-hush. They want to not have people realize, hey, we're getting screwed over even on the Federal Reserve website, I took these words right off the website, word for word, okay? It says, and I quote, monetary po policy decisions do not have to be approved by the president or anyone else in the executive or legislative branches of government, end quote. Again, they repeat, any decision they make money-wise has nothing to do with the government. Do y'all understand that? the money system nobody gets a say in it in the government it's all them it is not connected to the government despite despite you know it's saying federal there was a few times that people have opposed the federal reserve system so one being uh abraham lincoln right he introduced the greenback. It was a independent debt-free currency. It had nothing to do with the Federal Reserve. He wanted to introduce this instead of having a privately owned currency. Let's remember, interest that cannot be repaid just keeps people in line. It keeps people on a hamster wheel, right? It's a constant cycle, like I said it before. And another president that also opposed the power of these individuals was JFK. And what do they both have in common? They both oppose this. They both were assassinated. So it brings up more questions as to 
why do these things happen like there's no coincidences in the universe so why would this be considered a coincidence as you can tell there is a lot in the history of the u.s banking system that we don't know about and there's a lot more to it and i recommend watching a couple documentaries um one is called zai oof, i might pronounce this wrong i hate these moments it's pronounced zeitgeist adidum zeitgeist adidum i'll write it in the description too but it's a really good documentary you could watch it on youtube it's called it's about the federal reserve the banking system another good documentary called wake up call new world order 2008 i found this on youtube if you type it just like that you should find it and both talk about the corruption of these families and specifically the banks and i think they're really interesting and it talks about the economic slavery that the people are in and the plan against the people and how this is, con is connected to the international monetary fund in the world bank and yeah the weapon used against the people is simply debt and interest it's corrupt it's a cycle that needs to be broken and as long as we have these banking systems in place these private owned systems these families are going to continue being in power imagine think of the most richest person that you read about or you know imagine people so rich you don't even see them on the news you don't see them in magazines they're so rich and so unknown there's so much power going on behind the scenes we know nothing about but yes thank you for listening this is kind of a brief po podcast i just really wanted to get this topic out of the way because i feel like it was still important to talk about and there's a lot more to it and this is just the most important things in my opinion and yes i hope you enjoy honestly i feel like i'm a believer in just overthrowing the government at this point like it's just too outdated um what could you even do to help like you know it's just just a never-ending cycle so continue waking up your fellow friends your family continue just spreading information get word across but thank you so much for listening to my podcast i hope everyone has a wonderful day and keep reading keep focusing on yourself focus on your self-care and yes i love you all i hope you all have a beautiful time <laughs> goodbye <laughs>